Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Google patents a teddy bear, Chinese companies entering the smart home through the kitchen, and the alarm.com IPO. All this along with my interview of Matt Furlong, the GM of the home improvement category for Amazon, which also includes home automation. Next on the Smart Home Show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smart Home Show. This is Mike Wolf. This is the week of, where are we, May 27th or so? We are on the calendar. Today's conversation is with Matt Furlong, who's the general manager of the home improvement category for Amazon, which includes home automation. I wanted to have someone on from Amazon to talk about the home automation effort that they've had. They launched that in September 2013, and I think since then they've grown quite a bit in terms of products. And I think they have a pretty good bird's eye view on what's happening in terms of what categories are selling well. So I just wanted to chat. And so Matt was nice enough to spend some time with me. Before we get into our conversation with Matt, though, I just want to go over some of the latest smart home news uh, that's happened this week. Because things are coming out pretty quickly now. And I don't think we're going to see anything slow down. Uh, we're kind of in the heat of things. Google I.O. is this week. It's actually starting tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. Google I.O. launches tomorrow. There has been rumors of the... Google Brillo, which is a smart home OS effort that based on my understanding and my conversations with industry insiders, it is going to be targeted at, at least initially, going into home routers. I talked a little bit about that last week on the podcast, but we're certainly not done with talking about Google. I don't think that's going to change. And one of the interesting things that surfaced early this week was news of a Google patent application for a, essentially, guys, what is a fuzzy toy bear with a microphone, a camera, speakers, and it's a device that Google in, in the patent description talks about being a kind of a, a friendly uh, human-centered interface, not human in terms of like interacting directly with humans, not human-centered because it's a fuzzy bear. And in my in my kind of estimation, it, in some ways it compares to what Amazon's doing with Echo. Um, it's basically a voice control interface potentially that integrates not only with your home entertainment network, but they have in the that patent application as a way to interface with their, their home automation networks. They go so far as to explaining this this device and this this IP intellectual property that they applied a patent for as a way to alleviate and reduce the complexity of smart home networks by basically presenting a remote control. This is what it is that response to voice and social cues. So your eye, your, you know, what you're doing with your eyes, your movement, as well as what you're telling your little friendly Google center teddy bear. You can find out more about that at smarthomeweekly.net where I've written up a little bit of analysis. The next piece of news is uh, a bet by a few Chinese companies in the past week that have surfaced on the smart kitchen. I've written a little bit about this in the past, large Chinese tech companies like Xiaomi, and others entering into the smart home. And one of the ways they appear to uh, be entering is through the kitchen, entering the home through the kitchen, folks, a way many of us like to enter the house. And they're doing it. Uh, Xiaomi has partnered with a company called Medea, which is a large uh, manufacturer of rice cookers in the Chinese market. I think they have about 40% market share. And they're partnering to create Wi-Fi connected rice cookers. Yes, Wi-Fi connected rice cookers. Interesting. Um, I, I mean, I think obviously um, it's a device that probably moves a lot of units. Uh, and so I think it's a very 
probably pretty common category in the Chinese market. So we'll see how that goes. Um, there's another company called Robom, which is a higher-end connected appliance company. And they've de developed their own connected appliance, connected kitchen uh, platform called Roki. And they've come out with a range and a gas stove. And there's a really interesting interview about this. And I'll have this. You can go to smartomweekly.net to, to see the, the links to it. Where they talk about uh, working with uh, and developing a, a commerce-oriented initiative that would be integrated with these appliances. Where if you have uh, some food you want to order, you can just order it through your appliance. And they'll replenish it and order food, much like kind of the Amazon Dash replenishment service that we've, we've talked about before. So pretty interesting. Um, it, it seems to me that the, the some of the large Chinese tech companies are being fairly aggressive in the smart home space. They're coming up with some interesting approaches, both at home and I think possibly eventually here in the U.S. as well. So that's something to keep an eye on. Lastly, one of the biggest pieces of news in the past week in the smart home is Alarm.com filed for an IPO. Alarm.com, as you guys know, if you've been following security and smart home, is one of the big companies that provides the underlying technology and software for a lot of these managed smart home services from companies like FrontPoint. FrontPoint's a really intriguing one because they actually offer a DIY install. But Alarm.com is also in a lot of more traditional security providers as well, providing the security and cloud backend. And it's, it's a service that has been around for a while. A lot of security companies have built around it. My feeling about Alarm.com is, you know, they're definitely a growth company. You can look at the financials. They've been growing pretty uh, robustly. But based on my conversations with some companies in the marketplace, the security mark, security companies, some of them are ultimately, uh, I think the, the large-term trend may some maybe some of them moving off of Alarm.com because they do pay Alarm.com a lot of money each month to have their system. And so, you know, as we've seen with Eye Control, where Comcast is starting to maybe develop their own platform, I think some of the eventual maturation of the market involves companies who have large in, large install bases of consumers ultimately create their own technology. That doesn't mean that Alarm.com is an IPO won't do well because as i said they're they're growing fairly rapidly and one of the intriguing parts about the ipo filing and that's one if you read a, read into it is they possibly view this as a way to gain capital to go into new markets in the home some of the markets they talk about is hvac heating ventilation air conditioning as well as property management companies i think that's an interesting potential opportunity i think that the the REIT market, um, the multifamily unit market is underserved in terms of smart home technology, smart technology. I know that some of the access control companies like the lock companies have targeted efforts to go out for these companies. But I really think there's a real opportunity there. So I think if Alarm.com does use this as an entry point, uh, kind of a, a way to fund an entry into that market, I think that's going to be something interesting to watch. So overall, lots of different things going on with Google I.O. The end of this week, uh, WWDC coming up and some possible HomeKit news. We'll have lots more to talk about in coming weeks. So I just wanted to keep it short and give you a quick update. So now we're going to move on to our conversation with Matt Furlong. Before we get into that, though, make sure if you haven't subscribed to the Smart Home Show, you know where to go. Go to technology.fm or just go to Smart Home Show. Go to the smarthomeshow.com and you can find it there. Also, just look in your favorite podcast app. You'll find it there as well. So Lastly, if you want to see my writing on the Smart Home, subscribe to the newsletter. Just go to smarthomeweekly.net. You can find it there as well. Hey, everyone. Once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf. Here's my conversation with Matt Furlong, the GM of Home Improvement for Amazon. Hey, well, I'm super happy to have Matt Furlong, the Amazon General Manager for Home Improvement. And that includes home automation. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today, Matt. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to speak with you, Mike. So the home automation storefront was launched on Amazon, I believe, a couple years ago now. And I think it was a seminal event in in the industry in that, you know, largely people had uh, come to home automation and and smart home 
um, the people that had come to that were largely hobbyists, and they hadn't really had uh, a place on some some big as e-commerce site as Amazon to go. So, talk a little bit about the thinking there. I know you're you're newer to Amazon, but you guys probably have a a mindset and why you thought this was a mature enough category to launch a specific dedicated store. Yeah, well, what I would say is that historically, you're right. We've seen adoption of home automation products primarily with the more tech-savvy consumers who have an interest in being more of an early adopter in this space. But, you know, smart home technology has now entered the mainstream, and I think you can see this evidence even more recently today when you look at the connected products and dedicated smart home sections that are being introduced across a lot of major retailers. So I think you know this can be attributed to the fact that everyone these days has a smartphone or a tablet, and when you couple that with the range of innovative home automation products that are becoming available to make consumers' lives easier, you start to gain that mass appeal. So we felt like the timing was right. I mean, frankly, we wanted to be ahead of the curve on this one a little bit as well. And, you know, as we look at the products that are available, you know, they're also becoming easier to use. You know, we're now seeing second-generation introductions, more integration with mobile devices, and the options are often more cost-efficient than their non-automated counterparts, which has also fueled a lot of the customer interest. And it really was, from what I saw, Amazon's first toe in the water with regards to home automation and smart home. Since then, you've done some other efforts, uh, certainly the Amazon Echo and, and other efforts. Does what mm-hmm. you guys do um, with Amazon, with your home automation store, does that inform some of your knowledge around other efforts? I mean, is it also a way for you to kind of learn about the market? No, I mean, at the end of the day, we manage those other projects separately. So my responsibility primarily lies in making sure that we offer the widest selection of home automation products to our customers. And we want to make sure that we're giving them the right educational content and information to make an informed choice across a range of products, whether that's something that Amazon's creating or something that one of our uh, you know, vendor partners is, is working on. So we don't use that information to inform our strategy. Uh, you know, we have a, a team of dedicated people that are very focused on making sure they're building the right solutions for customers. But, you know, from where I sit, what we want to do is make sure that we offer customers the right selection of products across the widest range of, of, uh, of possible solutions so that they can find the item that's right for them. Talk about the selection because it does seem somewhat of a curated storefront. It's not uh, everything under the sun with regards to home automation. You guys have uh, a selection of products. Um, so talk about how you come about deciding which products you want to feature on the home automation store. Yeah, well, the simple answer is that we want to include any company that has an offering in this space as we look to maintain the widest selection of smart home products that's available in the market. So we're looking to partner with everyone from startups to big, well-established companies. Um, you know, since launching the Amazon Home Automation Storefront in September of 2013, uh, we've introduced hundreds of new and innovative solutions, and some of these have included exclusive offerings from some of the up-and-coming startups, and you'll see some of that merchandised or featured on the site. Um, you know, some of the things that, that you may have seen are some of the exclusive launches like the SkyBell Wi-Fi doorbell, the Okie Dokie Smart Lock System, or the Smart Things Know Your Home Kit when that first came out. So, you know, beyond the, the debut of the store, we also have more than doubled our selection of home automation products in the first year, and we're continuing to add to our catalog now so that customers can benefit from these innovations that make every day more convenient. 
So we, I think you know we're, we offer the world's largest selection of products across all categories, but within home automation, we have a specific dedicated team, and they're focused on identifying engaging with companies who are developing these innovative solutions and making them available in the automation store. So you, you should see a wide range of things there, and we attend events like CES. We also have a presence on LinkedIn. Um, and for the companies that we haven't found yet or haven't been in touch with, they can also reach us directly at homeautomation at amazon.com. That's an email address that we check, and we'd be happy to connect with anybody who may be interested in selling their product on Amazon uh, so that you know we can get them up and running. I want to talk to you about that, discovering and kind of prospecting for new and innovative products. It sounds like you guys are out there going to the events, et cetera. Um, do you have uh, – I mean, do you have a criteria? I mean, are there – uh, things, categories you may not have filled yet, say, hey, this would be a really cool idea. Let's go for it. Talk a little bit about that prospecting a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what we want to do is is maintain that advantage in the marketplace of having the widest selection to offer our customers. And so we don't get really um, selective up front, for lack of a better word, in how we think about who we want to engage with. The you know Part of the advantage that we find in, in uh, offering customers our wide range of products is that the customers themselves start to give each other feedback. And you have things like the trusted customer reviews that uh, obviously are, are front and center on the Amazon platform, which kind of help uh, customers you know, inform each other as far as which products might be the best solution for them. Um, so we try not to do that uh, sort of weeding out for the customer up front in the beginning of the process. And what we want to do is make sure that we uh, give the opportunity to our customers to buy that wide range of, of products. So, you know, we'll engage with with anyone who who has a product that we think fits in this space, and uh, you know, we're we're eager to to talk about you know anything from a, a solution for uh, you know security cameras to thermostats to yard work or whatever it may be. So we're we're pretty wide open in that regard. Certainly, when you look at smart home, the average consumer who's not tech savvy, some of these products can be intimidating. They're not always the most user friendly. Do you work with these companies and in a consultative approach, say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? I mean, do you guys work with them to, to maybe improve their products? You know, we definitely collaborate with our vendors to make sure that they're uh, being informed by what we learn from our customers. So while we won't, you know, overtly uh, guide them in one direction or another because we want to make sure that we uh, give them the, you know, the flexibility to take products where they believe they should go, we do believe that um, there's definitely a lot of feedback that you can find on the site through the customer reviews on any given product that should definitely inform future generations of, of product introductions. And, you know, when it comes to home automation, we believe that that process of researching smart home solutions and finding the right product to meet your needs can be overwhelming to some consumers. So we try to help the consumer, you know, with that part of the process and put a lot of effort into simplifying that product research and discovery process up front so that we align customers with the product that would best meet their needs. So I, I don't know how much time you've spent on our home automation storefront, um, which is Amazon.com slash home automation, but if you go on there, you can see that we're doing things like including solution centers, which uh, include product recommendations for a range of typical scenarios which bring people into home automation. We're also offering buying guides for popular home automation categories. And to ensure compatibility across products, customers can also shop by controller. Uh, I should also note, you kind of mentioned the complexity of some of these products. We're, we even include uh, suggestions on how to create and manage an in-home network. Uh, on the site because we know that that can also be fundamental to getting these things kind of working in the right fashion. 
Yeah, I, I spent some time there, and your your approach to include some level of education, I think, is a good one because obviously it is kind of a new territory for a lot of folks. And so, I'd be interested to understand, you know, when you look at the typical consumer who comes out of a home automation store, um, are they oftentimes choosing to kind of you know, center their investment around a particular platform or a hub? I mean, any kind of understanding of like what the buying behavior is, what do they maybe start with certain point products? Like let's dabble in lights, any, any kind of understanding of the behavior? You know, what we're definitely seeing is that, um, you know, we gain traction with customers when they come in for specific solutions. So I, I think I mentioned the solution center earlier. So often when customers are new to this space, they they really have a single point solution in mind and that kind of becomes the, the launch point for them to get into the smart home space. So, you know, when we look at things like the search activity on the site, some of the most popular searches tend to be for things like security cameras or motion sensors. We also see a lot of interest in smart thermostats or door locks and lighting. And, uh, you know, taking it a step further, looking at some of our top sellers, you know, we do see a lot of, of uh, uh, top-selling items like the Foscam network camera or the Nest thermostat, Sonos wireless speakers, which, I, you know, I have those at home and, and like those quite a bit, and uh, Philips Hue lights as well. So, you know, we see kind of a range of those core products that I think are more in the traditional space as far as um, some of the closer-in home automation solutions that get people interested in the category. And then from there, you know, after they come in with that single solution in mind, which, you know, could be anything from saving money on their energy bill or, you know, maybe they have a dog at home and they want to be able to allow the dog walker to have access to the dog when they're at work. Uh, but what's interesting is that a lot of these um, traditional products, now that they've been impacted by the added convenience of home automation, consumers start to experience this convenience in one area, and then they begin to branch out into other categories as well. So we're seeing a lot more innovation in the range of products that are becoming automated, and to us that reinforces that it's only day one in this space, and there's a lot of upside as we think about the months and years ahead. So it sounds like they, they will start with a particular product around a particular use case, like, you know, let's monitor what's happening at home with a camera or exactly. I want to, I want to kind of monitor my energy uses with the thermostat. But it sounds like, uh, there is some behavior where people are coming back and then growing their smart home through purchases of different products. Exactly. I, th I think what ends up happening is that the, the customer is delighted in many cases by the convenience uh, that, that they experience with that entry point product. And then they start to explore some of the other ways that smart home or some of these connected products might be able to make their lives even easier in areas that they might not have expected before. You know, there's there's a variety of startups, but also there's bigger companies with a, a range of, of offerings, right? I mean, even if you talk about Samsung with smart things, they bought uh, that and they have a platform and then you have Honeywell with a variety of products. So is there a way you work differently with some of the bigger companies versus the startups? I mean, there's more handholding maybe with the, the startups, any kind of different behavior? You know, we we try to treat all of our vendors the same way. Um, you know, our our goal is to offer that wide selection uh, of, you know, the most products available in the marketplace. So, you know, frankly, as we do that, we need to be able to scale our approach. And so we're not going to disproportionately invest a lot of time, you know, with, with one vendor over another. We want to make sure that we're giving them access to all the tools to be successful on Amazon and make sure that they get their message across. You know, one of the things that we talk quite a bit with a lot of our vendor partners is that our platform gives them that opportunity to totally own their story and explain their product to customers. So if you go onto a detail page, you know, which is what we call the kind of the main product page on Amazon, if you go into one of those pages for, 
you know, say a Nest thermostat, you can see all the detail on, you know, that the vendor wants to supply to that end customer told in their words and in a way that's as straightforward as possible. And we think that gives us, you know, an advantage with a lot of customers in the fact that they're not reliant on any sort of middleman to get that message across and they can, can hear directly, you know, from the manufacturer how the product is meant to work and how they should set it up. So, um, so we don't look to, to interfere with that process too much. We want to make sure that we're you know, offering that wide selection and making sure that every vendor has a chance to make their product successful. You talked about some of the core products of what we've all become familiar with, like thermostats, but also alluded to how there's some real innovation in the space. Can you talk about any trending around maybe some of the newer categories that are seeing momentum more recently? I mean, are there particular things that you're seeing that are hot, I guess? <laughs> yeah, you know, what's really interesting as, as you look at this space is we're now beginning to see that smart products are expanding into new areas that address very specific problems. So they're making our lives easier in ways that most of us probably never envisioned. One area that I think is a good example uh, for this is lawn care, actually. And if if you go onto the site, you could take, for example, the Rachio Smart Irrigation Controller. And this product actually connects with your existing sprinkler system to optimize both when and how long to water your lawn. And it takes into account both the current weather and the upcoming forecast. So you can imagine, you know, the scenario or the number of times that people might have a, a sprinkler system running at home and it's actually raining outside and they look out the window and they have to run downstairs and turn it off. And it's actually a lot of fun to read the reviews and hear customers talk about this product and how it's simplifying their life in a way that uh, they never expected. Uh, and to make it even more interesting, after you water your lawn and it gets too long, you can now buy automated lawn mowers on Amazon, like the Works Landroid, and it will literally mow the lawn for you, which I think is something many of us would appreciate. Um, so these are just a couple of examples, but we expect to see continued innovation uh, and the evolution of home automation beyond the more traditional categories that we were talking about earlier, like home security and energy management, uh, to areas like the kitchen and some of these other parts of the home that I think have a lot of potential, but uh, people may have not been as focused on in the past. You talked about the kitchen. That's one area I've been writing a lot about. So it's interesting to me because you have large and thriving categories in their own right, right? You have kitchen and, and lawn care, and yet you have a dedicated automation store. So I'm, I'm just wondering what kind of cross, um, I guess, uh, cross promotion you have for home automation and this the trad- traditional categorization. Do you, do you uh, feature smart products? that are smart but not necessarily you don't really kind of emphasize the home automation aspects in the traditional categorizations does that make sense yeah yeah i I think i know what you're asking what it really does you know what we try to do from our standpoint is really start with the customer and work backwards and and when we you know interact with customers or see how they're responding to, to the site it really comes back to that solution focus so we're not as concerned about you know specific categorization of products in the traditional sense like you mentioned our kind of organization across different different product categories. But what we want to do is make sure that we're integrating and offering that wide selection and breadth across all of those categories in a single place where customers can find, you know, the products that meet the solution or meet the need for a specific solution that they are looking for. So, you know, in the case of kitchen items, we definitely want to make it easy for customers who have a specific, you know, interest in exploring what products might be uh, automated in the kitchen or or uh, maybe they have a specific need, like they want to be able to monitor the temperature of the meat on the grill uh, from their smartphone so they don't have to keep walking over to the grill, things like that. We definitely want to make sure that those products are available and, and clearly uh, put together in the home automation store, but we really try to start with that customer solution that we're designing and work backwards from there. 
Well, how, I'd like to know just how you define a smart product because, I mean, at the base, the base of it, it may just be connected, right? But over time, you know, in, in five years from now, every every new appliance that comes into the kitchen, for example, might have connectivity. So is there a way you define something that's a smart product that you want to feature in the home automation store? You know, we don't have real hard and fast criteria on that. Um, you know, it's an evolving space and it's moving very quickly, which you allude to. And I do agree with you that over time we're going to see more and more ubiquity of these types of uh, technologies and more products that we're selling today. So, um, you know, rather than get get too caught up in that, we're really just focused on making sure that we offer a wide selection uh, and make it available to customers both in the home automation storefront when it is something that that's automated and, you know, has uh, some connected component uh, to it. Uh, but then we also make sure that those same products are available and show up in the respective category stores that, that you might be shopping. So, you know, in the case of kitchen items, like we were just discussing, as those uh, products continue to expand and more of them become, uh, you know, related to the smart home, you'll be able to shop for those in both the traditional sense, you know, that you would in the, the kitchen category space, but then we'll also continue to expand the selection in the home automation store so that if you have a specific desire for a connected product, you can, can find it in there. You know, there's a lot of service providers, and by that I mean traditional telcos and cable providers who are taking an interest in managed smart home services as a growth opportunity. And companies like Comcast have said that they, you know, want to get out of the retail business at some point. They don't see themselves as being someone that sells hardware, but they certainly want to get your recurring subscription revenue. And so I know that, you know, companies like Lowe's are working with, with iControl to kind of get certified on the iControl platform, which is largely a service provider platform. Are you having conversations with service providers to say, hey, um, we can retail the products that ultimately plug into your network? Um, well, at the end of the day, what, what we want to be able to do is offer it all. So, you know, we're looking to be able to do both, you know, the, the products as, as we've been talking about. And then, I, you know, I think you alluded to the services that some of our customers are looking for as well. Um, I, as you know, I, I believe you're familiar with the, the fact that we recently launched a new marketplace for Amazon Home Services, which makes it easy for customers to browse, purchase, and schedule hundreds of professional services, really, from mounting a new TV on the wall to hiring an expert to install your Nest thermostat. So, um, you know, with that feature, we're, we're offering hand-picked pros that we stand behind with what we call a happiness guarantee. We also provide customer reviews so that... Um, you know, customers, prospective customers can read reviews from customers that we know have made a purchase with that specific service provider. So when it comes to home automation, we definitely want to make sure that we're offering, you know, all the possible solutions that might be relevant for our customer base. Uh, but I wouldn't say that we're disproportionately focused on services necessarily as the, the means to grow. So, you know, we think it's a component that we need to be thinking about. And obviously with the introduction of home services, we're looking to expand there so that we can meet those customers' needs. But we also, you know, spend a lot of our time focused on making sure that the process of shopping for smart home solutions is as easy as it possibly can be for our customers. So many of them feel like it can be overwhelming when they go to the, the store and, and try to start, you know, exploring this home automation space. So we put a lot of effort into simplifying that product research and discovery process to help them find the right product on Amazon. I'm glad you mentioned the home services because I thought that was an important development in the marketplace because I've been writing about how I think there needs to be almost kind of a new, uh, I guess, category of installer and professional that helps with, with DIY because you have the high end where there's a, uh, you know, sure. an installer channel built around you know, platforms like Control 4 or, or Savant, 
But for DIY products, which, you know, in the, in the name of it, it's, it's implied that the consumer can install. Well, there's a lot of consumers who don't necessarily want to do that. And so, um, it makes sense to me that you guys would do that. So when you guys were watching that, was one of the, uh, did you kind of envision it would be paired with potential, uh, selling of, uh, DIY smart home to, to allow those guys to help install it for the consumer? Yeah, I, I, what I would say in that space is that we're not trying to predict for the customer whether or not you know they want some of those services necessarily bundled together. So what we're really looking to do is making sure that we offer a platform that enables those service providers who may have an opportunity, uh, you know, to provide a special service like that available to our customers. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we're also very focused on making sure that as we work with our manufacturer partners and vendor partners that. Uh, they're creating products more and more that are ready to work out of the box so that they don't necessarily require uh, as much tech savviness to really get up and running. Um, and, and people may not be as reliant then on, on those uh, experts to necessarily do the installation and, and uh, provide that service for them. But, you know, that being said, we clearly see that there's going to likely be a segment of the market that is, you know, simply unable to spend the time or simply not interested in setting these products up themselves, and we want to make sure that we offer that solution to them as well. So we think that with the launch of Amazon Home Services, we're going to be positioned to to, uh, offer that to customers. But, um, you know, at this point, we're not really trying to to predict where that's that's heading for customers, we just want to make sure we give them the choice so that uh, they can choose the, the one that's right for them. But with a traditional Amazon store approach, if I buy something, there's awful, off, off, <laughs> there's oftentimes a suggestion of, of another product. Have you have you gone so far as where if I buy a Nest thermostat, you might suggest an installation purchase uh, for a couple hundred bucks from a local pro? Yeah, if you go onto the site today, actually, Nest is probably a good example. So in the markets where we are uh, live on uh, Amazon Home Services, uh, you can go on there and you'll see that um, on the, the main page for Nest, you will see a call out that offers the service. And you can click right on there, uh, right from that page, and you can actually explore the service, uh, get some of those reviews that I mentioned earlier, and uh, purchase it right there. So it's it's definitely something that we think is uh um, important to our customers and can be an added convenience. So you will see us do that for those products where we think it, it could really add value to the customer. And um, yeah, if you look at Nest, I think that's a good example because that's one where some people are not sure if they want to install a thermostat themselves. And so we're happy to provide that service for them. I would imagine you guys are standing back and looking at where the market's going. Um, talk about some of the, the, the things you're, you potentially see happening with regards to smart home trends and maybe how Amazon will capitalize those on those in the future with regards to uh, you know your home automation storefront. Well, what I would tell you is that a lot of the next step that we see is not even necessarily about an expansion of the types of products that are available, uh, but more about showing the customer how they can better use products together for an integrated solution overall. Because today, when you go on on and shop, you know you might have a very specific point problem that you're trying to solve, but we actually see a lot of value and customers even you know, tell us this in, in reviews and feedback that as they start to integrate more products and create uh, a more integrated smart home solution, they get more and more um, delight out of the experience. So with our wide-ranging selection, we think we'll be in a great position to offer customers, um, you know, that, that integrated solution across multiple products. And so it really comes back to us uh, on to focus on the education so that customers are aware of the range of ways that they can use these products together. And at the end of the day, we want to create that immersive experience for our customers so we can raise their awareness to a point where 
something that may have initially seemed like a cool luxury or something that was a little bit above and beyond is actually fulfilling an unmet need and becomes more a part of the, an everyday necessity for the home. So it's a pretty exciting space. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of innovations happening and a lot of new directions that things are going. Um, you know, I think the uh, the lawn care example that I mentioned earlier, I don't think I would have predicted a couple of years ago. So it's exciting to see how things are evolving. And, you know, for us, we really always want to start with that customer and work backwards so that we can make sure they're aware of all the options that are out there. Do you take an agnostic approach um, to to different standards and protocols? Because there's certainly a lot. And, and even if you do, for example, with HomeKit coming out uh, more formally in the next month or two, and other, you know, industry standards like all seen, all join. Do you guys uh, have any position on those, or do you guys and do you guys communicate with the different companies and the the organizations behind the standards at all? You know, we're we're generally not focused on other companies, but we do want to make sure that we get the experience right for our customers. So I think the home kit introduction that you mentioned I, can clearly be viewed as evidence of more the next step in home automation, as it continues to gain traction with mainstream consumers. So on the Amazon.com home automation storefront, we'll be working with manufacturers to ensure that HomeKit compatible products are easy to find and learn about. Um, so we definitely take it into account, but you know, to your initial question on, on whether or not we uh, favor one or another, we're definitely agnostic and, you know, we want to make sure that we offer the, the full breadth of, of options to customers. And over time, you know, what I enjoyed being a, a customer on Amazon myself is that the customer feedback and the reviews and things like that will help our consumers make an informed decision. So we don't feel that we need to interfere with that process necessarily, and, and we'll kind of let it run its course. The thing about the smart home is it's kind of an epicenter for, I guess, what I would consider consumer inter- internet of things and the connected lifestyle, because you have obviously overlapping circles of, of things like connected car and wearables. So um, when you look at things like wearables and connected car and, and are you guys thinking of ever featuring those on the home, autom- home automation store as they integrate with these platforms or how, how do you kind of handle those, those kind of, uh, I guess, related product categories? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because we do talk about that and the, the fact that at some point these products do start to converge and, you know, where does the home begin and, and end and you've got uh, obviously fitness products and things like that with, in wearable technology where we have a dedicated storefront as well. And uh, so we do connect with those teams regularly and what we want to do is make sure that, you know, we're less focused on deciding exactly where to put a product but more focused on making sure that we uh, – that we get it in front of the customers who are looking for that specific solution. So as we think about, you know, what might be coming in, uh, you know, the connected car uh, and the connected home, uh, I would not be at all surprised if we do feature some of those products as they continue to evolve, but uh, we don't necessarily start with that in mind. What we want to do is make sure we understand what customers are looking for, and then we make sure that we serve that up to them in the right place where they're they're searching for it. You know, one of the things that drives, I think, demand ultimately down the road for a smart home is very specific and tailored use cases towards people's lives, right? So one of the things I've looked at is elder care. Another good example is kids with autism. So do you guys ever think about packaging or featuring products in the context of a specific life use case that might be widely applicable for certain for certain demographics? Well, we don't necessarily position the product that way today, although I would say that, you know, some of the use cases like caring for elderly uh, family members and being able to, to kind of check in on family members is definitely something that we see customers thinking about when they come in and, and search for products like, uh, you know, the security cameras and uh, motion sensors and, and uh, 
items like that. So we do definitely believe that there's um, interest in applying this technology in a, a wide range of use cases. And, you know, frankly, as, as customers continue to evolve how they're searching for the categories and, and what sort of feedback we're seeing on the site, uh, we'll continue to evolve how we, uh, how we share those solutions for them. But uh, today we're not necessarily uh, positioned that way. If you were to take some best um, best practices from some startups who have put products into the home automation store and kind of hit it out of the park, any any commonalities, any kind of lessons you can give to maybe some startups who who want to sell their home automation or smart home products uh, on Amazon? Yeah, well, I mean, the first uh, point that I would make is, you know, back to my earlier comment that we definitely want to work with you. If you're a, a startup and are looking to be successful, you know, we believe that we have a great platform for you to come on, uh, you know, and really launch your product successfully. You know, some of the items that uh, launch exclusively with Amazon, I, I think there's over a hundred of them that launched uh, just exclusively on the home automation storefront. We've seen success with several of those. So we think it's a great, a great way to reach customers and, you know, frankly, a, a great way to build your business. But, you know, when you think about just the fundamentals of, of working with us and, and starting off, you know, we just would want to make sure that we've got, um, you know, a product that's, uh, that's going to be well received by, by customers and, uh, you know, offers that value uh, to our customer relative to what's available in the marketplace. And, um, you know, there's a lot of power in, in that customer feedback. I think if, if you've spent any time shopping on Amazon, you can see quickly that, uh, it, it becomes easy to filter products based on reviews and, uh, and to shop that way. So we would encourage, you know, those that are starting, starting new to do some of that beta testing and make sure that they're, uh, confident in how that customer reaction will go when they launch. But we'll do everything we can to make sure we get that product in front of as many people as possible and, we believe we have the right setup to, to make that happen. Now, I don't know if you can talk this because you guys segment your, your responsibilities pretty well, but I, I mean, I'd be interested to, have, to hear any thoughts you may have about ultimately featuring Amazon's own products like Echo, which I think is going to be a potentially really interesting smart home interface device. Do you guys work with the different product teams within Amazon to, to feature your own products? Uh, we definitely do work with those teams. I mean, it's clearly part of the space, and we're very excited about Echo. I think you know you're familiar with it as well. But both the customer response and the interest we've collected from developers to participate in the beta for our SDK has been fantastic. Uh, we're also working hard to build more capability as quickly as possible on Echo. And given that Echo's brains are in the cloud, we've continued to add features and functionality. Uh, we recently added support for If This Then That, uh, which you probably saw, and uh, home automation products like Philips Hue and Belkin Wemo work with Echo now as well. So, you know, I have one of those devices in my home as well, and I'm I'm excited about uh, some of those recent innovations and excited to see that continue to evolve. So we certainly stay closely connected with that team, but, uh, you know, they do uh, kind of run, run their operations separately from ours. And you probably can't talk about why they're taking so long to ship me my Amazon. <laughs> it seems like they're, I don't know if it's artificially constrained or not, but uh, they're not making them fast. Uh, I, I won't comment on that, but uh, maybe I'll talk to them and see if I can get yours a little bit sooner. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not why I had you on the podcast. I just wanted to chat with you uh, about the, the, the area and the space. And I, I really appreciate you coming on, Matt. It's been really interesting to talk to you. Yeah, it's been great, Mike. I appreciate you uh, extending the offer and, uh, and uh, thanks a lot. Well, there it is. There's my conversation with Matt Furlong, the GM of Home Improvement. Matt's a smart guy. Uh, obviously, Amazon, anytime you talk to someone from Amazon or one of these big tech companies, they're a little bit guarded, I think, about the state secrets, but that's okay. I'm glad I got a chance to talk with Matt and hear a little bit about his thinking and also what they're doing with home automation and some of the categories that are doing well. 
and the behavior of people who buy home automation gear on, on Amazon over time, I think that's particularly interesting. Also, the fact about how closely they're working with the Amazon Echo Team is also fairly intriguing to me as well. All right, folks, that's it. Thanks for listening. As always, listen to The Smart Home Show anytime you get. Just go to technology.fm or look for The Smart Home Show in your favorite podcast app. We'll be back with you next week with more news, probably about more Google and other stuff, as well as some more interviews. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon.